This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks show number 556, recorded on December 15th, 2022. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from a blustery Bellevue, Nebraska. I mean, it's not Canada, but it was chilly and a lot of snow today. And of course, we'll post the show, maybe some warmer show notes out at theaverageguy.tv. Big thanks to Dave McCabe, who joined me last week. If you haven't listened to that, you might want to. In fact, a big thanks. Dave made me a life-size album art for Home Gadget Geek sitting right over my left shoulder. And uh, Dave, appreciate that. Meant a lot to me. And thanks for sending that uh, this way. Uh, interesting conversation about CNC machines and woodworking and technology that goes into it. If you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to 555. Well, I've been looking. I always look forward to this. She comes back more and more often, and it's always awesome. Aaron Lawrence is with us tonight. Aaron, welcome back. Hello, Jim. Always happy to be here with you and your audience. Happy Let's, holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas and all that good stuff. Yeah. Lot, yeah. Happy holidays to you as well. We're in the thick of the holiday season. Uh, we're 10 days away as we record this. We're just 10 days. It's hard to believe. We're 10 days away from Christmas. Uh, you've been posting a lot of great tech uh, gadgets to your site, but let's get uh, let's get caught up with you really quick. What's keeping you busy? What's going on with you? Those kinds of things. A ton of reviews, Jim. I kind of set a goal for myself to do as many reviews as humanly possible, as it turns out, ahead of the holiday season, because I know folks want to do their holiday shopping. So I tried to get a ton of reviews up before Black Friday, and I think I succeeded. Um, lots of cool gadgets and tech, uh, smart lighting, uh, tech toys. Gosh, what else? coffee gadgets. I know you're a fan of the coffee gadgets as well. So just tried to get as many reviews up as I could. And I'm still still pushing the tail end of those reviews too on mm. to uh, techgadgetscanada.com and the YouTube channel. Yeah, it's a never ending treadmill of work, right? Of review, you get one done. There's another one you got to get done. I've noticed you've kind of changed your format a little bit on your reviews and you have a very upfront pros and cons section in the review so someone could go to that review pretty quickly if they were looking they wanted to see that do you get do you do you feel or do you feel like the influence of your reviews changes based on feedback that you get from from viewers or readers or subscribers and, and how does that work for you Definitely. I, I love getting feedback from readers at techgadgetscanada.com and Tech Gadgets International and from the YouTube audience too. So I do always tweak what I'm doing, whether that's the written article format or the YouTube videos. And I've been fortunate to have some really good help in the last few months, um, making the website just more readable and more easy to digest, I guess, and to give people the information that they're looking for, you know, as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've been making some tweaks to that, just giving folks the at a glance things that they might want to know about a gadget and making some changes as well to how I present things on video, just making them a little more dynamic, a little more interesting, a little more visual. It's still just me doing everything. I've, mm -hmm. like I said, I do have some help and guidance, but it's really still just me. Mm. So I'm kind of just trying to do the best with 
with what I have, which is me. And uh, that's why I like getting feedback from folks because mm -hmm. I, I don't get focus groups, Jim. I just hear from the audience and, and I like to know what they like. The your voiceover work on your videos has gotten really good. You know, I've been watching your videos for the last three, four years and your voiceover work that you do on the videos. That's really hard work to do. I, I, I thought at one point I would be a good voiceover person and I'm not. I just I'm not very good at it. maybe with some practice. I'd get better. But you you're actually really, really good at it. And it sounds really good in your videos. So great job on that. Thank you so much. It's it's definitely an art. I, I don't know if most people know that it's something you need to practice to get good at, or at least to sound like you're good at it. So I'm, I'm flattered that you think so. Yeah, no, they're, they're really fun and good to listen to. Again, techgadgetscanada.com. I'll have the link in the show notes so you can go out there and take a peek at that. All the reviews that we look at tonight, I'll have the direct links for those um, uh, as well. You know, I'm kind of a kitchen gadget guy and, and I love those kitchen gadgets. Um, Michael Librant originally brought the Ember, the original Ember mug and reviewed it here. Oh, years ago, a couple years ago, but now you have the Ember two review up on your site. And first of all, it's a pretty expensive coffee cup. Why, why, why well, give, give it the review. Yeah. So the idea behind this is it's essentially a connected and powered coffee mug. Looks kind of like a regular coffee mug, except for there's a tiny LED light sort of in the base that you might not even notice if you weren't looking for it. But the idea behind this mug is that it will keep your coffee or tea or whatever your hot beverage of choice is at what they call a drinkable temperature. And it's important to note it's not, they're not saying it's going to keep it hot. It's going to keep it at a drinkable temperature because it won't keep it at like a boiling straight off the stove top level. What it does is it lowers it to whatever your drinkable temperature is. So if you, if you like it hot still, it'll keep it hot, but just not boiling and it'll keep it there for hours. It's got a battery built in so you can, you know, sit on the couch and read the morning news while you're having your coffee. It also comes with a, I guess you could call it a coaster. It plugs in. And if you set the mug on the coaster, it keeps the coffee or the drink warm as long as it's sitting there. So, I mean, you could still have your morning coffee hot for hours after you've poured it, if it takes you that long to drink your coffee. But it's a really neat concept and it actually works extremely well. I was both surprised and impressed by how much I like this device so much so that after doing my review, I bought one for myself. Oh, nice. Now, okay. So what do you, what do you drink though? What, what is your drink of choice in, in how do you, like, do you sip it over the morning or does it even have a chance? Like my coffee doesn't stand a chance of getting cold because <laughs> I drink like eight cups a morning. Right. So, but what if for you, what's that experience like? Yeah. So it takes me a little while longer. I'm more of a sipper and using a regular mug, my coffee will get down to about, you know, half to a third left. And it's kind of tepid at that point. So having this mug to keep it hot until I finish the cup, it actually helps me finish the cup because, you know, you stop mm. drinking the coffee when it gets cold and you don't want it anymore. But when it stays hot in the cup, you keep sipping away at it. And I find I'll finish my coffee and then be ready for another cup. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so I'm assuming the in the app where you can, can kind of control that temperature, 
it's got some ranges of where it will keep it. Cause I think that's the, the important uh, terminology, right? It keeps it at a constant temperature for you. Um, do you find those ranges are enough uh, for, for, for most people? I think they would be. I like my coffee fairly hot. So I use the mug at its topmost warmest, hottest temperature. And I find that's just fine for me. It keeps it, you know, it's still hot enough probably to burn your tongue if you're not careful, oh, okay. but it's not okay. scalding. Yeah. And I wouldn't want it much cooler than that. I actually didn't experiment a lot with the lower end of the temperature just because I, I wouldn't want that. But there's quite a range available and you just use the app, dial up the temperature that you want, and then it remembers these settings. So when you pour your coffee in in the morning, the mug, as long as it's charged up, it'll automatically turn on and start holding the temperature for you. And then when it's empty, it goes to sleep. So it helps to preserve the battery life that way. There's about 90 minutes of power in the mug. And then, like I said, if you put it on that coaster that it comes with, it'll stay on all day long. Do you find, okay, so can I be charging this while it's got liquid in it? So like I'm down here for three hours, that would be two cycles if I tried to do it. If it ran out of battery, I'm sure it would take longer than the rest of the morning to charge up. So can it keep itself charged? It can. I mean, it depends. Like if you're drinking from it while it's sitting on the coaster, it's both keeping it warm and recharging the battery. If you're sort of using it on and off, I didn't experiment much with it that way. But I found actually the 90 minutes is it's it's kind of good enough for me for my morning routine. It's a, that's about as long as I'd want it. And then by that time, I'm getting up and going into my home office and getting started with my day. So I just tuck it onto the coaster and leave it there. And then the only other thing I've started doing with it is, you know, at the end of the day, I'll take the mug off the coaster, take it in, rinse it out, clean it, um, and then leave it in the kitchen. And because it goes to sleep, it's still fully charged in the morning when I take okay. the coffee out. And if, if the mug is never not quite charged, I just end up putting it on the charging coaster overnight so that it is ready for the morning. Yeah. Yeah. It just would be, you could just you set it there. Yeah. Leave it, leave it there overnight. That would kind of be my preference. Um, how many sizes does it come in like 15 different sizes or is it like a, you know, an old Ford model T you can have any one you want as long as it's black. As, as far as I know, I think there's like three colors. There's two sizes. I think, okay. I think, I think, oh, um, okay. I chose, if I remember, I think I chose the bigger one, but now you're, now I'm second yeah, guessing it, myself. You, your review says the mug is available in two sizes, either 10 or 14 ounces. Uh, there, so that's that would the be one great. I chose with the 14. I, I would take the 14 ounce. Uh, your review also says uh, about $150 <laughs> a retail for one, that's Canadian. So that's like $9 US or something like that. Is that, is that <laughs> it was very inexpensive. <laughs> it was one, 129 US and 169 okay. Canadian. So it's, okay. it's not inexpensive. Yeah. And I could, I mean, I can get a really nice Yeti mug that is insulated and in my, you know, and, you know, I don't have to worry about plugging it in. It's going to keep that hot coffee hot, not forever or, you know, 90 minutes like this ember, but it'll keep it hot for a while. 
what's the lure for you? You bought one. What was the lure for you versus using a really good insulated? By the way, that Yeti mug is about 45 bucks, which was ridiculous for a coffee cup, right? <laughs> right. Well, so is, so is $150. To I be wasn't going to say but... that too loud for your review, but, <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, what's, what, what made you want to uh, keep it? I, I just really enjoyed the experience and mm. I, you know, when I was trying it for the review, I just thought this is extravagant. It's not something anyone needs and it's expensive. But after I had a chance to spend a couple of weeks with it, I found myself constantly reaching for it. I found myself really enjoying the experience of having the coffee always warm and never going cold in the cup. And I found I was finishing my coffee, which I mean, I know coffee's just like dirty water essentially, but it felt good not to be pouring it down the sink because I didn't drink it in the morning. Oh, I, okay. Hold on now. Let's I, so maybe I'm, you know, I'm a caveman here. I'm going to drop the link to this review in the chat as well. And, and Tony does say here in the U S uh, Costco has got that 14 ounce for a hundred dollars. Mm. So you can, I'm sure you can find some deals on these um, as well. I've actually, so I perk my coffee, you know, I make a big pot of perked coffee in the morning. And if I don't finish it, I just leave it on the stove. And the next morning, that's my first mm-hmm. cup of coffee. So I just pour that in, put it in what? the microwave. Yeah, it's actually really good. Put it in the microwave. It's the, it's, it, it is tasty and delicious and it becomes my first cup. So are you, you call me a caveman? Is that what you're? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, we, I think we're going to have to have a conversation about stale coffee, but. <laughs> oh no. I, to each I, their own. Everybody yeah, has their routine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, right on. Everybody's for some, for a long time, I would only do it fresh. And then I just started noticing, well, I've got some left. It can be my first cup of the morning. So pour that in, throw it in the microwave, nuke it for 90 seconds, pull it out. It's the cup that I drink while I'm brewing the next, (laughs) the next set of coffee. And it's just (laughs) fine. It is just fine. You're you're breaking all the coffee rules. Breaking (laughs) all the coffee rules. I guess I'm not a true coffee snob, uh, because I'm, uh, because I do that. Um, any other, any other thoughts, the app pretty easy to use. Is it a a pretty functional? I mean, this, it really doesn't have to do much charge, hold the coffee, keep the coffee at a temperature recharge the next day. Right. So pretty easy and everything works pretty well. Yeah, the app is really easy to use. It's easy to figure out. It was easy to set up. I like the construction. You know how mugs can kind of be really particular for people if it doesn't have just yeah. the right lip or the right feel. The This mug, the other thing I liked about it is it feels like a traditional mug. Like it's got a bit of that ceramic feel, but I actually think it has to be made out of like some kind of coated aluminum or something. But it it feels good. It feels comfortable. And you know how you always reach for that favorite mug? This is the mug that I kept reaching for. Nice. So I was really happy with the app, happy with the mug, happy with the outcome. So that's why I decided to gift gift myself one for Christmas. That's awesome. Does the coffee stain in there? I know you got to hand wash these, but does the eventually does it kind of get, because that's the best thing about kind of a coffee cup is the little bit of, you know, patina that gets put on the cup after you've been drinking that for a while. We we do have to talk, Jim. I've got a special cleaner I can recommend that gets the all the coffee oh, stains out the of the mugs. That ruins the flavor, Aaron. 
What are you doing? I don't know, Jim. I don't know. We're, do, do we're, we, we would tea? clearly not be compatible on morning routines. <laughs> do you drink your coffee with your pinky up in the air too? or or? Well, that's how we're supposed to do it in Canada. Oh, right? that's, that's right? how it works. Maybe just trying right? to, to be, to be polite on that. Yeah. Uh, Bob, Bob says coffee is just water with suspended particulates. Uh, and then Tony says he loves iced coffee with leftover coffee. So that's two against one Mm. on the leftover (laughs) coffee, Aaron. So maybe, maybe it's not such a bad thing. Wow. I've really freaked you out with that. Haven't I? Uh, I, You and I have gone from like coffee compadres to (laughs) something else. I'm not sure what, but. Oh. Like I said, I will still respect your choices about coffee because well, coffee Thanks. is very personal, but Thanks you're for... freaking me out a bit. <laughs> well, okay, let's <laughs> let's use that to transition a little bit then. So oh, as we, we think about making some, you know, some espresso and doing it this way, you got an, an opportunity to to review this machine that's on screen now. Talk a little bit about it. Yeah, this is the Breville Barista Express. And I was really excited about trying this one because I am, as I think we've talked about before, a coffee snob, Um, or at least I try to be. I try to be. I play one on YouTube. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is one of those gadgets that it's it's also very expensive. It's about eight or nine hundred dollars. And but it's it's what's called a semi-automatic espresso machine. So it does most of the work for you. This one has an integrated grinder. So it'll grind the beans and you can just keep them in a hopper at the top. And then as you're going to go and make your espresso, you tuck the portafilter in underneath. It fresh grinds it. You tamp it. You stick it in the machine. And then you've got espresso in about 30 seconds. There's a lot of adjustability and customization you can do with this machine, which is one of the reasons I was really excited about trying it. So you can adjust the temperature, you can adjust sort of how much coffee will automatically get ground into your portafilter. And, you know, if you like it darker or lighter, you can adjust that. And then the last piece it does is the milk heating and foaming so that you can make, you know, those espresso based milk drinks as well, if you want. Overall, this machine was was really good. I was really surprised at how easy but adaptable it is to whatever your preferences might be. And I was actually really choked when I had to send it back. I did not buy this one for myself simply because it is about $800 or $900, but I did really enjoy the experience. Did you, could you tell the difference uh, when you were making coffee out of this than because you, you're making espresso drinks with other machines, I'm assuming, uh, mm-hmm. at home. Could you could you tell the difference in it, or was it just the options that were better for you? No, you can't tell the difference, I think, because with a machine like this, you do have to use espresso beans, um, mm-hmm. unlike something mm-hmm. like a Nespresso or a Keurig where, you know, you can pop in a pod and you get what you get. Um, with this, it helps if you choose quality beans, um, that are fresh and they're ground fresh. So I noticed that does make a difference. I mean, it makes a really good espresso and at the same time, it'll make a really bad espresso if you have cheap or stale beans. Um, I think one of the first cups I made, I was really excited to try it and I had quite old espresso beans and, you know, I made the, made the drink and, didn't didn't really think it was that good, but I also realized that that was probably the fault of the beans and not the machine. So by the time I got yeah. some fresh coffee beans into it, 
huge game changer and it was so much better, a much better experience. Mm -hmm. The milk frothers can always be the make or break on a machine like this. And, And sometimes it's, you know, I like to say options equal confusion because you get, you almost get too many options, right? It's, there's, there's too many things you can do it. And for the novice who's really just trying to froth the milk, it's, it, it's, it, there's a gigantic learning curve to it, mm-hmm. you know, with it. Was this one of those frothers pretty easy to use out of the chute or did it kind of require some practice before you could get it froth just the way you like it? Definitely. It required practice. I think that's more because of me. I don't often drink milk espresso drinks. I'm a straight up espresso gal, but in testing this out, I did obviously want to try that as, as one of the key features. So the whole thing, it has one of those sort of, you could call it a traditional wand steamer, steamer wand attachment Mm -hmm. thing. So you need to have one of the cups um, and then you've sort of got to get the steam going and then swirl it around, you know, and there's, gosh, you could watch entire YouTube channels devoted Mm -hmm. to how to properly steam and foam milk, but you've got to sort of get this vortex going and then you introduce the air in at just the right time and it creates the micro foam. And I learned all that off YouTube. I, I hope I did it justice. (laughs) Now you're a milk frothing expert because you've watched like right. 17 milk froth, snob. frothing videos. We we had a Mr. Coffee uh, espresso maker at one point. So this was like the $90 version of this. Still made really good espresso drinks. And the frother was pretty basic. But after working with it for some time, I kind of figured out the intricacies of it and how you did it right. I think like... Um, using a thermometer for meat when you're when you're smoking it or grilling it, the thermometer makes all the difference on on frothing milk, and that's just something I didn't know or understand very well. Does this have an integrated one, or did, did you did you use a thermometer when you were um, frothing with this? Good, good question. One of the tips I got a long time ago now, I guess it was, is that when you're using one of those stainless steel cups to froth the milk, if you put your palm, like set it on your palm, by the time the milk gets hot enough to be too hot to hold in your hand, it's done. And that for the most part, you don't want milk that's hotter than that, because at that point, you're you're probably scalding it and over steaming it. So I've always just kind of gone by that feel as opposed to the temperature. I know there's plenty of folks out there that like, I gosh, is it like 120 or 130 or something like scalding hot milk in their drinks. And I think that that might go back to the uh, Ember mug too, where they're trying to keep the drink hot enough. So if you get it scalding hot when you drink it, by the time, you know, you're finished with it, it's still warm. So Mm. maybe, maybe if that's you just properly steam milk and put it in an Ember mug. Yeah, there you go. I, I have um, I found actually pre-warming the cup is so helpful in keeping because you know on cold mornings you pull that mug out of the in our sit our kitchen sits on a wall that's a north facing wall and I don't know if there's any insulation in it. I just to be honest, those cups come out pretty cold sometimes. You know, it's just a little chilly on on, on a morning throw a little water in it, nuke it for 90 seconds, get the cup hot, and then drop the the espresso into that already warm cup. Um, keeps it warmer or longer because it's not a lot of liquid, and it can cool off pretty fast. 
um, while you're frothing the milk, that'll actually kind of keep your coffee uh, hotter. Uh, Bob uh, brings up an interesting point. This is kind of what I've been doing now. He says, or you can cheat, get one of those frothing heating machines from places like Nespresso. There's a bunch of them on Amazon. They just have a magnetic um, uh, frother on the bottom and you just hit the, it's literally fill it with milk, hit the button. And it just, have you done those? Have you, have you tried those before? Have you reviewed anything of those? Not, not those ones, but there's another one that I did try um, about a month or so ago. I think it's called Zulay, Z-U-L-A-Y. And it's a, it's a wand that you can just tuck into your mug. So you can put the milk right in the mug, drop in the wand, turn it on. And gosh, in like 10 seconds, I had foamed milk. Mm -hmm. Now it doesn't heat it. So you've got to have a microwave or, you know, heat it up on the stove, whatever you want to do, but it foams it actually really well. So I should try one of those Nespresso ones because I've actually heard people say that they're quite effective. Yeah, they work pretty well. We've, we've had one at work, you know, if you use the wire, it'll, it'll get, you'll get a lot of foam for like a cappuccino, if that's what you want to do. Um, you can use the flat disc and it'll get the froth that you're looking for. One of the nice things about it is, especially during the pandemic, I had a routine where I would come down and I'd use Nespresso and I'd use the espresso pods, which actually makes pretty decent. It's not as good as fresh. It's not as good as fresh, but it worked. And I pour the milk in that frother and put the lid on hitting the button. So now I have two things running on their own. I don't have to pay attention to them. I don't have to do it after I warmed up the cup. Automation. And I'd start unloading the dishwasher, you know? And, yeah. and so by the time I got the dishwasher unloaded, those two things were done. I'd pour them together mix it up. And then I'd have my latte. Uh, before that, I would be perking the coffee. So the coffee be perking. Then I'd get that rolling. Then I'd get the dishes unloaded. Then, you know, grab a little cereal. So it was kind of a whole routine. Um, it just worked for me. And the, the other thing that worked out really well with that is if I used almond milk or if I used lactose free milk, like lactose free milk makes great froth. And you would think, mm-hmm. you know, you think, oh, really? And you're like, yeah, it is actually one of the easiest milk huh. forms uh, to make. It's to super know. easy. Yeah. It froths well. It holds the froth really, really well. It holds it like cheesecake. Like, you know, oh, you cool. I, like in the car, if it jostles, the coffee doesn't come out <laughs> like it holds, <laughs> it holds it's like a net. It does. Yeah, it's hold. It's a holding effect. Um, uh, Bob also says in that comment, he says steaming is technically adding water to the milk and, and you do it. Not, not, not enough that it really matters, I think, in, in a lot of cases. But um, certainly with like the one I have, there's no there's no steam introduced. It's a hot plate that's spinning. Mm-hmm. The cleanup is easy. It's just a brush on the inside, rinse it out, put it in the, the strainer and you're done. So that's kind of an easy way to do it. Uncle Marv says junior coffee snob here. So he's, he must be enjoying the conversation. Uncle Marv. Um, uh, Bob also says some of the fancy espresso machines have a cup warmers on the top. Does this one have a warmer? Cause again, warming that cup up, I think makes a difference. Does this one have it? warming the cup up does absolutely make a difference. It helps a lot. This one's got, it's not so much a warmer, but it's an area that gets warm. So I think if you let the machine heat up properly, it will take the edge off your cup. Um, I'm always, you know, jonesing for that first espresso in the morning. So I I don't really give it a whole lot of time to (laughs) to heat the cup up. I just want the espresso and I want it now. (laughs) Kind of looking out one eye, hoping that's that it's, right. It's hitting the it's hitting the mug, 
you yep. know, kind of deal. Uh, Bob says, even though I have that, uh, that frother, I also bought the manual one that you recommended. So thanks Aaron on that. Oh, cool. Off of that recommendation. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts from, from this cough? So 800, at what point does it become worth it? Do you think for, for, for a coffee person? I think that's pretty easy. I mean, if you're the type that goes to Starbucks once or even twice a day, you're getting your morning coffee at four or five bucks a pop and maybe getting one in the afternoon. I think this pays for itself awfully quickly. So if, if you're, if you always go out for your coffee and I know we're, we're all paying attention to the economy and recessions and things like that right now, do the math. And this might be, especially if you work at home, this might be a really great investment for you. No, that's a, it's a necessity. If you work at home, you can, I think you can Definitely. write it off as a business expense. <laughs> that, Probably right? if you have a good accountant or a good uh, tax specialist, absolutely. Mm-hmm. They could find a way to do that. And there might be some uh, sales going on from Twitter right now. You might even be able to get some really nice coffee machines coming out of twi- the, <laughs> the Twitter right. headquarters. Right, signage now. and coffee making machines. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I I do think it's you're right. I mean my my purchasing of coffee went way down during the pandemic. I mean you'd be like, yeah, duh. I mean you couldn't go right. Okay, but even mm-hmm. post, you know, twenty twenty. One 2022 is things started coming back. I, I, I tell you what, I have gift cards and stuff at Starbucks that I haven't even used because I'm just, my patterns have completely changed and mm. I've figured out how to make really great coffee at home. And so it's, it is saving me a ton. I don't know if I would go the route of a really fancy machine now because I've got the Nespresso that works good enough for me. I mean, listen, I'm the guy who drinks day old coffee. So obviously right. that's good, good <laughs> enough for me. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is for you, Jim. Let's. I gave it a quick thought there, and no, it's not for you. Listen, I've I've had machines like that in the past, and I like doing them. They're just almost too much work, though, for me. Like you know, setting it up, kind of packing. I would listen. I hand packed it and put it in. And yeah. You know, and I love the smell of it. But man, that putting the pod in on the Nespresso and just walking away, pretty pretty um pretty handy. I'm not going to lie. That's, that's my go-to for espresso most mornings yeah. when I'm not reviewing something just because yeah. it's quick, easy, and it gets the job done. Yeah. Yeah. And not the cheapest, but not terribly expensive either. Right. I mean, you're paying a dollar 10 a pod, a Keurig you can get for maybe 50 cents, 50 to 75 cents a pod uh, doing it that way. So still not the cheapest when I make, you know, the, the perked coffee is by far, even though I buy really expensive beans, it's still the cheapest mm. form of the coffee that we make, but, yeah. and it's really delicious. It, even yeah. though, Especially if even, you're feeding, you know, more than one person with the coffee, right? No, right on, right on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk, let's, let's change gears here a little bit. And when I saw this, I thought this was kind of interesting. And, and I've actually both TVs I bought uh, le- recently have had a fire stick or a fire enabled built into them. And I, had never used, uh, you know, a fire device, an Amazon fire device before, but I kind of like them now that I've got them in here. I kind of like them. You got a chance to review the newest fire, uh, TV cube with, uh, you know, with the voice remote in it. And I think that's going to be in the remote, uh, itself, but talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that. 
Yeah, so this is my second review of an Amazon Fire TV Cube. I've also reviewed the Fire TV Sticks. And this is another gadget where I thought, you know, I've tried almost all the streaming platforms and devices and dongles and gadgets. And do we really need another one? It's a great gadget. So I I quite like it. I quite like the Fire TV Cube in particular because it's also an Amazon Echo speaker. So it doubles as like a smart home hub or speaker or device in addition to controlling all those aspects of your TV. So it's got all the streaming channels that you would expect, the Netflix, the YouTube, um, Apple TV+, Plus, Disney, all of those. And the newest one, the 2022 version, will also support uh, Dolby Vision and HDR if you've got uh, a TV that can also support that as well. Um, you use a voice, well, I mean, you can talk to it because it's an Amazon Echo device. So you can simply yeah. ask it for things to change channels or load programs or search for movies, or you can use that remote control that comes with it um, if you're, you know, if if you're is it analog like that still? Um, and you don't want to talk to your TV. <laughs> yeah. Something like I'm that. I'm not quite sure it's analog, digital analog anyway. Um, but it's, it's a great gadget. The, the only major downside for me with the fire TV cube concept is if you've got a wall mounted TV, this is just not the right gadget for you because mm. there's really nowhere to put it. Um, particularly if you don't have sort of furniture in front of or beneath the TV so there, you know, you'd want a different product for something like that. But if you've got your TV on a stand or on a piece of furniture, you know, this can easily tuck sort of out of the way beside or behind it. And it's kind of two birds, one stone, because you're getting that Amazon Echo smart home control device with a lady built in, uh, as well as the full TV control. So it's really, really handy. So it plugs into the TV via HDMI. And so in this case, if I had a, if I had it mounted to the wall, but I had a stand below it, that would work, right? You just need to kind of have it nearby or you could route the HDMI through the wall and maybe come out if you didn't want wires hanging down, right? Yeah, there's certainly ways you can hack it. And I know lots of folks out there get creative with how they install these mm -hmm. things. Um, so you could definitely do that. I just kind of kept it. I do have a piece of furniture in front of my TV that I was trying it with. Um, so I just used it that way and it, do it doesn't look bad. It's kind of got a bit of a new design. The original version of the TV cube was kind of a shiny black plastic and this one's got more of a fabric wrap on it. So it's a little nicer looking if you want to leave it sort of visible. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. It's it's 4K, which I think these days is really important, 4K resolution. So you want to use it with a 4K TV. And if you haven't made the switch to 4K TV yet, then do that first and then then go for this. Yeah, well, this is the year. Uh, you know, I was going by all the stores and they all have just TVs stacked. It, it, when somebody told me that, I mm -hmm. thought, no, it's not really that way. And it really is that way at least here in the united states i went to best buy and the rows that you would normally walk in just have tvs tons of tvs in oh them. wow and the, the pricing is so attractive for those right now i mean you can get a pretty decent 4k tv 
I was telling you in pre-show, I just bought a new 14.4 gaming monitor that I could have went 4K with. I think for me and what I was going to use that for, 4K is a little much right now on that. But if I was buying a TV today, yeah, I think you got to go. You, you got to go 4K um, right out of the shoot. The I was surprised the unit itself has both a 10 100 uh, Ethernet jack capability. So if, if you wanted to wire it in, you could. But it also comes with 6E, well, Wi-Fi 6E, which is fairly new. And f- do, you, do you even have, do you have a 6E router that you could test it with or just connect it to your regular network? I didn't at the time. I have since gotten a 6E router that I could have, could soon test it with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I haven't yet. It's, it's, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a widely known concept yet that there's sort of this next generation of Wi-Fi that's made to better manage all of the smart devices and the gadgets that we now put on our home Wi-Fi systems, which is what Wi-Fi 6E is is sort of designed to do. So it, it's it's kind of future-proofing it, I would say. And a lot of gadgets and devices and smart home things are also um, made to be compatible with things like Wi-Fi 6E or Matter, which is also coming out, which is a, a new smart home protocol. And all of these sort of new protocols and systems are designed to, like I said, just better balance all this stuff we have. Because if you've got, you know, 10 or 12 smart lights in your house, you know, two or three or four phones, everybody's also got a laptop, you know, a a smart thermostat, a home alarm system, like all of this is running on your home Wi-Fi network. And it can become congested, particularly if you've got older um, routers and modems. So I've had it happen where, you know, my, some of my smart lights will just drop off the grid. Like they just won't function. And it's because as we keep filling our Wi-Fi networks with more and more stuff, you know, something falls off the edge of the cliff. Right. So, Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. sometimes that's my smart lights. Yeah, they, uh, you know, they built those routers, uh, tried to make them, you know, so they could sell them for a nickel uh, and and put cheap components in them. I mean, they work good enough for what we had at the time. But as we yeah. put more and more things on them, you know, they didn't have active cooling in most of them. They were just chips. No. So those chips would get hot. And yeah, they'd put little holes on the thing, but there was really no way to cool right. them. <laughs> so those chips were burning up. Uh, uh, physically uh, and and uh, maybe emotionally, at times they were just burning <laughs> up. Um, and so yeah, I think it's I think we finally gotten to this point with first six and now Wi-Fi six E, where and they're more expensive for sure. I mean, I'm looking at a six E oh, router yes. right now that's four ninety nine, and that's not four dollars. That's probably just for cents. one pod. Uh huh. Because if yeah. you need two or three pods for your house, yeah. they're going yeah. for at least in Canada, they're going for close to a thousand dollars. Yeah. But yeah. if you think this is this is my logic on spending lots of money on a haircut. It's the hair is the accessory you wear every day in every situation. So you yep. damn well better spend good money on a haircut. And I feel the same way about Wi-Fi. I mean, absolutely everything we're running in our homes now, you know, needs Wi-Fi. So at some point we're all going to have to start shelling out for better Wi-Fi. Well, I think, I think it will come down. So we're early. It's early days. That stuff's always expensive. There'll be some offerings, but I think it should probably be, you you should probably be in the $200 to $300 range anyway, 
when you're investing mm-hmm. in something like that with as many devices. I just don't think you're going to get away with a cheap router, um, you know, anymore, a cheap Wi-Fi router anymore. I think you need to probably invest a, a little bit in it, um, says yeah. the guy who drinks the coffee on the second day. Um, <laughs> Used coffee. <laughs> Aaron, I want to ask you about, I I see in this picture down below here, there's some bottles over there by the TV. What's, what's going on over there? What do you, what what do you got? There's a little bar down there. What's happening? That's, that's the home bourbon collection, Jim. That's uh, my husband is rather a bourbon aficionado. I I'm the coffee snob and he's the bourbon snob. So anytime we travel generally to America, um, he will pick up a bottle of bourbon that we can't get in Canada because truthfully, we can get about six or eight different bourbons in Canada and that's about it. So he's got a bit of a bourbon really? collection going and he'll rotate different bottles onto the, you know, onto the credenza where we can sort of see them and sample them. Six, like that's terrible. Like you should, you guys oh, yeah. should pick it and like revolt. <laughs> Trudeau, you're out of here. (laughs) We're fortunate in that we know uh, a friend of ours owns a a liquor store chain, I guess you could say. So he will frequently talk to my husband about, okay, well, what's the next bourbon that we need to, you know, start to now import into Canada? And he's been providing recommendations on that. But it's when we come down to like total wines in the States, oh yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. Uh-huh. it's, we, I, I know we're going to be there in the bourbon aisle for an hour because he just needs to see everything that's new. He wants to check out, you know, what he can't get and if there's special editions. And then of course we have a limit in Canada of how much liquor you can bring back without having to pay tax on it. And Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, listen, my son probably has 50 bourbons just in his, oh, his, wow. oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, rise bourbons, whiskeys, you know, we'll put all those together, yeah. but, but, uh, well, good. Brown I'm glad liquor. to, s- yeah, 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 yeah. Um, delicious is what it is. I, um, I was glad to see, I noticed the, the bottles it's in the second picture as well, which is super great. I was like, yes, they're doing some great things there. <laughs> um, uh, in Canada, would you, um, so for somebody, you know, what, so what's the strength of this device? Do you think, I mean, who, who's the consumer for this thing? We've all got a thousand Alexa, uh, a ladies in our, <laughs> in our environments Good now. Catch. Do I really, do I really need, yes, do I really need another one at my TV? And a lot of TVs are coming with fire sticks or fire you know, integrated in on it. Who's the, who's the consumer for this? I had to give that some thought, Jim, because every TV, particularly all these new 4K smart connected TVs, they all have all of this stuff built in. So I, I keep asking myself, why do we need another gadget like this? And, and honestly, folks that watch my YouTube videos want to know the same. So I kind of came to a couple of conclusions. One is that if you sort of choose one TV interface, it's familiar. You can kind of rely on the same TV interface instead of having a different TV operating system on every TV in the house. And, you know, maybe your kids get confused from TV to TV, or, you know, if you've got a senior in the house, who's not super tech savvy, it's like, I I can only operate this TV, not this TV. So having a, a reliable familiar TV interface that you're comfortable with can actually go a long way for a lot of folks. So that's one advantage. Um, 
updating if you've got sort of an older TV, even an older smart TV, just like we were talking, these things go out of date and they're not quite built to be as fast as they could be. So if you're finding your smart TV that you maybe got, you know, six or eight years ago is a bit on the laggy side, you could connect a smarter device like this uh, and probably get some speed improvements out of it. And then, you know, one of the other things that I like, I, I travel you know, enough that having a device where I don't have to constantly log in to every streaming service at every place I'm at, or I don't have to borrow someone else's profile and I can get my shows and know which episode I'm on and, you know, pick up right where I left off. There's some advantage to that as well. So those are kind of the three keys for me about why you'd want to adopt a streaming stick or dongle or cube like this. And then I just thought that it was also really handy to have the smart digital assistant married into this technology, much in the same way um, I think Roku built um, smart digital assistant into one of its sound bars, um, a small compact sound bar. So it, it's convenient. You, you mentioned in that, I was going back to the review, it's got a USB port in the back as well. For a lot of folks, that, a lot of listeners of this, we have a Shield, NVIDIA Shield devices, same mm. idea way earlier. I mean, Shields have been out now four, five, six years doing this with Android. Um, does that USB do anything? I, I can't, like, what would it do? I, do you know? Did you try it for anything? I didn't try it. And, and that was one of the things that I'm not actually sure. They they huh. say that it can be used for storage, storage or like storage or, you know, if you've got you a huge, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. if you've got a big huh. video file you want to access, yeah. a whole movie library, I don't know. Huh. Yeah, maybe there's some services that I also think it's a bit of a legacy too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe so. And it may be sometimes they put those on for for other like testing type things when they want to do some, if they have problems with it or whatever. So yeah, I can't imagine. I listen, I'm sure, you know, um, Tony says for Plex, uh, maybe for mm. Plex files or storage for apps that are on there. That's very possible. Some of those apps uh, look, look for extra storage. Bob, you're not going to play Fortnite. On, uh, maybe you would play Fortnite on this thing. You never know. These, maybe. these things are getting so powerful. Um, you know, the processors are just getting better and better on them. Again, I wouldn't, there's not a, you know, they, they don't replace anything, but they are getting better. They used to be super slow and really clunky. And, mm -hmm. and uh, boy, the Fire TV that I have in the Fire Stick that I've been using, um, and I bought the 4K one too, the, the 4K Fire Stick, um, work just great. I mean, they're just a, they're just a, they're, they're pretty, yeah, they're, they're pretty, a lot faster now to the point mm -hmm, where, you know, when yeah. you, push something on the remote, it happens instantly instead of, you know, some of the older TVs, you know, you could push the button and you'd sort of have to wait for something to load yeah. up or, yeah. you know, the spinning wheel. Yeah. Nothing more frustrating than trying to go through a menu and it's delayed. You know, you're like, push it once. It doesn't go anywhere. You push it again. Then it skips two ahead and you're like, <laughs> right. you know, no. whatever. So, well, um, one of the one of the last reviews, just in the last few minutes that I have you here, uh, one of the last reviews you did was around a portable projector in twenty two in this economy. Like, would we would is a is a projector a viable gadget anymore? I don't think this one is, but <laughs> I I mean, <laughs> spoiler alert! Sorry, audience. Um, 
the truth is the concept of this one, I think has merit. It's a good idea. And the size of it is quite smart. The execution of the product is not strong. So what this is, is it's a portable projector. It's, it's shaped like a giant can. Um, it's probably about the size of a, of a large coffee mug and it's cylindrical shaped and you can plug it in. It comes with an AC power cable. You can also buy, and yes, you have to buy an additional battery pack. So you can use this wirelessly, like anywhere outdoors in your backyard, for example. And this is the Samsung freestyle. And what Samsung wants you to do with this is they want you to, to take it to these places. They want you to use it out in your backyard and, you know, maybe set up a home theater in your garage. I'm not quite sure, but there's some things that just don't make this the ideal, the ideal way to do that. Part of it is because it does have to stay plugged in. There is no built-in battery with it. So you always have to have power unless you want to shell out for that extra battery. The other huge problem I have with this projector is that it's not bright enough. If there is any, any light bleed into the room, your picture is almost completely washed out. So I tested it both during the daytime and at night, both with some ambient lights on and no lights on. And probably not surprisingly, it performs best in a completely dark room with no distractions. But that's sort of not the concept that Samsung is trying to get you to buy into here. They're saying, you know, take it out in your backyard. And I'm thinking, yeah, but if my neighbors have the lights on and it's not quite full dark, we're not gonna be able to see what we're watching. So the biggest problem for me with this projector is not the idea of it. It's the fact that it doesn't come with a battery and the light's not bright enough. So I was not recommending this gadget in particular. I love the concept of it. And I really hope that the 2.0 version is a lot better. This one is not great. And the last thing I'll say about this, I'm, I'm trying not to kick the poor Samsung freestyle while it's down, but <laughs> it's uh, it's not 4K either. It's an HD projector. So it's quite expensive already as it is, and you're not getting a 4K resolution machine. So that's kind of a bit of a, a letdown. It's about, uh, it's I've seen it on sale for the holidays, but it's about $900 US and over a thousand dollars Canadian. So yeah. not yeah. inexpensive. I think that's a theme for tonight's show, Jim, not inexpensive. <sighs> no, that's okay. I mean, these, these, a lot of these gadgets are that way. I, I would think about $900 on what kind of TV today I could get for 900 bucks. And yeah, they're less portable, but they're not that much less portable. Like they're super light, like, yeah. like one person, you can take a 55, even a 65. Oh, definitely. TV. And just pick them up. One person, just kind of pick it up, move it out. You know, I I bought a new um, I bought a new TV for the deck, and uh, I just bought a little thirty two inch, a uh, fire enabled TV. And um, it's it also and you say why thirty two? Well, I wanted to double it with the treadmill. I I didn't want a sixty inch uh, TV on my treadmill. Right, like, it's a little <laughs> big, right? So thirty two is perfect. And then I bought two mounts that are exactly the same, so that I can take it off the treadmill, take it out in the yard and put it on the deck and watch it out there. Right. So it kind of doubles. Oh, I'm never going to be on the treadmill and on the deck at the same time. So right. like, I mean me, 
it's all that's really important anyways, is that it's that <laughs> I wouldn't be doing those two things. So, um, uh, that worked out, that worked out really well. I could see and even, even, you know, so moving that in between has been super easy. So when I saw this review, I thought, Oh, it's just, it really just lacks light power. They just didn't give it yeah. enough. I, it's surprising that we've gotten so good and so efficient with, with lighting and, bright lights with just very little power and yet do you know do you know what they're using from a lighting standpoint in this do you know how they're I they're powering it i don't know i don't i i get the sense it's an led light yeah. but i'm i wasn't quite sure and yeah. one of the other again weird things about this product is that it's got this i think they call it ambient mode which is you know one of those samsung buzzwords so yeah. you can get it to like put signs up on your wall like neon signs that say happy birthday or merry christmas um you can get it to project like a window on the wall and these are actually great ideas and quite useful and nice to have i i had there's like a fireplace setting there's a window setting and it actually goes a long way to improving your space the trouble is your window disappears in the daylight you can't see that it's there <laughs> so yeah. i mean it's really only useful you know, when all the lights are out. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. Well, you know, it, it it's their first, this is just their first version of this. Is this kind of a, yeah. It is. So they'll, they'll take some feedback on that. A grand that's pretty, it's pretty expensive. And imagine if the, the price may drop on that pretty quick. If the, if it doesn't sell well, um, oh, yeah, could, after Christmas, I think it's going to be cheap. Yeah, there could be. Well, and that, listen, for specialized applications where you're thinking about in a situation where you're, it's going to be guaranteed dark, right? Mm -hmm. This could be nice. This could be great. I was out, well, I left something in the shed, so I was walking to it the other night, and it's pitch black in my backyard, you know, at night. And so that could be a scenario where I could shine that up against the wall. Oh, I don't have a good screen spot. A TV is just easier. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. just to, well, okay. So speaking before I let you go here, though, speaking of being outside, you just dropped a YouTube video on your channel about mm. Govi outdoor lighting. I've been using the Govi Humistats for kind of measuring the humidity in the cigar. You know, my humidors yeah. and those kinds of things. Govi seemed kind of like this weird lighting company for a while, and all of a sudden they have kind of come on with a bunch of totally cool products and their apps actually pretty good. It's a, it's got too many ads in it, but it's still pretty good. Tell me <laughs> what they, they sent you some outdoor lighting. What would they send you? Or yeah. what, what'd you get? Yeah. I've got outdoor string lights and outdoor floodlights from Govi. And I only came to be really aware of the Govi brand within the last year or so. I've always been a Philips Hue fan and that's sort of been my go-to. That's been the one I recommend. It's amazing and works bug free. And I didn't think there was anything else that could compete with Philips Hue. But for me, the Govi lighting is, it's amazing. You don't need a hub or a bridge for it, which I think is absolutely huge for a lot of folks. Um, the Wi-Fi connections work amazingly well. It'll connect with both Google and A-Lady. The lights are bright. They're quite colorful. There's a lot of color saturation in the lights. And these outdoor ones are obviously weatherproof. I've had them out in the snow. We got snow really early in Calgary. So they got dumped on and kept right on going. So I just posted that review at techgadgetscanada.com. And 
I'm super happy with these. And I think I'm going to look at getting some more for, you know, the spring and summer season coming up. Do you know what the retail on those are just offhand? Those, those I want to say they're a couple hundred bucks. Okay. Let me see if I can tell you really quickly. Yeah, I think that's while you're looking that up. I think that's one of the surprises. You know, outdoor lighting had gotten pretty inexpensive for the for the mm-hmm. non-smart stuff. And then, you know, rope lighting had gotten inexpensive. I mean, shoot, I just buy Christmas lights at the after Christmas is over. And I've used those yeah. as un, uh, like under, you know, under the uh, under the railing lighting because they're hidden anyway. Yes, you, you, you absolutely. Don't see them, you throw them in there. They last four, five, six years, right? I think for smart lighting, boy, that initial, especially Philips, like Philips Hue, anything that's Hue enabled was like, it is oh, okay, here's a strip light for $79. And you're like, wow, okay, well, yeah. you know, it, it kind of made me think twice. I'm kind of hoping we'll see see more of this, more smart lighting from other companies come out to kind of start, hopefully start bringing those prices down. Absolutely. And the uh, four pack of the floodlights, which I quite like, is about, it's 80 bucks right now. Regular okay. price, yeah. I think it's about a hundred bucks. Yeah, um, you're certainly going to pay way more for Philips Hue on that. Plus you need the Philips Hue bridge, which is somewhere between yeah. 60 and 80 bucks. So. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's, um, but it's beautiful when it's out there. I saw, I watched the video just a few minutes before we started the show and you were showing it and it, boy, outdoor lighting and even, I mean, just white lighting is beautiful, but when you can kind of change the colors and do it on the fly, do it off your phone, some of those kinds of things. Holiday it's themes, a, it's so easy. Yeah, makes it a little bit easier to to do it. Well, Aaron, what's coming up uh, in, in the final two minutes here before I let you go? What's coming up at techgadgetscanada.com? What are you reviewing that you're excited about uh, maybe coming out here in the next couple of weeks? Oh, yeah. I've got uh, the new Luft Lighter X, which is a wireless charcoal lighting gadget. Looks kind of like a giant bellows slash curling iron, if you know what a bellows is. Um, So it's meant to light up your charcoal for your your barbecue. So I'm going to try that out. I've got a couple carpet cleaning gadgets from Bissell. And I got the new Amazon frames, the sunglasses that double as headphones or I guess speakers because they're not really in your ears. So I'm testing those out. uh, And that's actually quite an interesting experience. I wore them out this morning to walk the dog and I think I'm going to like them. I'll have to I'll have to watch for I'll have to watch for that today. uh, Santa delivered this brand Ooh. new quest two with resident evil well, and well. beat saber and yeah it was supposed to come tomorrow but it just magically appeared today so we'll be talking two weeks we'll be talking about this in the the rig is ready to go i will have to listen yeah the rig is ready to go and i'm kind of excited to get on it so uh, i'll be interested in your uh, review and we'll talk about it here on the show but i'm kind of excited can we do podcasting in vr that's kind of the like, what would it mean for us to do this inside a virtual environment? How could it be different if we were both doing this virtual? That would know. be very cool. Kind of kind of interesting. Well, listen, I know you're big and important, and you've got important things to do tonight. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go and, and do those. Aaron, thanks again for, for coming on. It's always great. Thanks for being a friend of the show. 
Thanks for all the great reviews. If you haven't followed Aaron yet, head out to techgadgetscanada.com. All the links are on the page to follow you, to definitely subscribe to her on YouTube. That is like everybody should be subscribed to you that listens to this show. Yes, Should be subscribed to you on YouTube. Yeah. So we'll let you go. Be safe. Have a happy, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. All those great things. Thanks for coming out tonight. I appreciate it. And to you, Jim, nice to talk with you and and Merry Christmas and happy holidays to the audience as well. All right. Take care and don't have too many nightmares about day old coffee. (laughs) We'll see you. Take care. Take care. All right. Uh, just a couple of reminders. Uh, like I said, like I mentioned to you guys, uh, this is in. Came in today. I'm pretty excited about it. So I haven't even opened it. Nah, we're not going to open it tonight. But uh, we'll be. I'll be spending some time with that over the weekend, and uh, pretty excited um, about getting that. Uh, if you hadn't noticed, but again, thanks to Dave McCabe for this uh, life-size album-sized album cover for Home Gadget Geeks. Uh, he was on last week. And brought that in next. Uh, and so Dave, thank you. appreciate that. It was a pretty meaningful gift to me. He also sent me some, some super cool stickers. If you're into the wordworking space and um, uh, he's got some stuff going on. He said super cool in that area. So you might want to follow him on those pieces as well. So Dave, thanks for coming on um, next week. It's Christmas. Well, not totally Thursday. I'm taking, I'm taking it off. So no show next week. And then the week after Thursday, we won't do Friday like we do on Thanksgiving, but the Thursday after that, the in between weeks, Sammy's coming back. So she's feeling better. She's got some updates and some things she wants to talk about. So she'll come on. She'll talk about the, the insanity that is my 10 monitors down here. Actually, it's 11 with this one. Um, so she'll spend some time down there. <laughs> Uh, Bob says, so, well, that VR count is two monitors? Could be 12, Bob. I think you're right. I think you're right on that. Um, It'll be interesting to see. Listen, I have a little bit of apprehension about this VR stuff. Like, I still, I got it. I have it all. I have to do it now. But, um, I mean, I guess I don't have to, but I'm going to going to do it now. So I've got a little apprehension about it. So I, it's, I'm super self-conscious about putting that thing on my head. Just that's what's kept me out of VR this far. So we'll have to, we'll have to see how that, um, we'll have to see how that goes. Big thanks to our Patreon subscribers as well. For those of you who support me on Patreon, maybe it's been a while and, and you haven't been doing that, but you've been finding great value in the show. And if you have a great way to give that value back, is through our Patreon group. It's super easy monthly. I got, we have one plan. I try not to make it too complicated. I guess that's not totally true, but for most people, I have just one plan. Head out to theaverageguy.tv slash Patreon if you want to join the team today. And of course, that always helps uh, do uh, do what we do here and appreciate the, uh, appreciate you guys doing that. Um, join us in the Discord group. I've been posting just on Tuesday. Um, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to light a candle. And so I pinged the discord group and said, Hey, if anybody wants to join me in the smoke shack, I'll be out there. You can jump in on discord. Randy Walker from the discord group joined me, Ed and my buddy chef uh, from Boston uh, jumped in on a call. Um, Maybe I'll do that more often during the week, especially in the winter when there's not a lot to do. It's dark. I got that shed all heated up and it's a great experience out there. So join us in discord, the average guy.tv slash discord. I'll let you in. And then, 
I'll make announcements from time to time when I'm doing that kind of stuff. It was kind of fun. It was good. Randy, by the way, Randy, it was good to meet you. And I hadn't met Randy before. I'm going to try and have him on the show here in a little bit, but good to meet you. If you got a show idea, a question, whatever, you can always leave me a voicemail, homegadgetgeeks.com, or you can send me an email if you want, jim at theaverageguy.tv. That gets it done um, as well. Um, we, well, guys, thanks for coming out tonight. We are live every Thursday. Hope you enjoyed the fire up over here on the, on the I'm going to do a little bit more of that uh, out there. It kind of looks cool. I like it. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. As we're recording this, it's the 15th of December. We have 10 days till Christmas. Gentlemen, including myself, I got some shopping to do this weekend. We got 10 days to go. And uh, and so just make sure you do what you need to do. But most of all, enjoy your time with your family, whatever that looks like, whoever that is, uh, go and do it. We don't get, we don't get, you know, opportunities like this too much. And so go out and spend some time with your family and uh, make sure you get that done. We'll be back in two weeks between New Year's and Christmas. Then we got some stuff lined up for, I mean, we got a channels interview. John's coming back from channels, which will be super cool. Uh, Bob and Ryan are coming back from CES. They're going to spend some time. Oh, what, what did CES say? What did it do? You know, you buy all this stuff. I just got done buying this computer. We talked about it with uh, Uyghur two weeks ago. Already stuff is outdated. You know, you're like, oh. Uh, so, yeah, you guys know how it goes. We will see you. Um, we'll see you in two weeks live. Come on, join me. Sammy's got some catching up to do. She's got some big news. So lots of happened. Lot, lot, a lot of things have happened in the last couple of weeks. So she'll have some big news. We'll see you guys. Uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks. <laughs>